BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Off turn number four, the sun directly in his eyes. It's not going to stop him from seeing the white flag from the right hand of Shannon Bednarik. Final lap here for Christopher Bell. Bell into turn number one, and he has run away now. Ryan Blaney gave it all he had, but it's all over, and it's all gone. Front of the pack, Christopher Bell to the back. Out of turn number two, halfway down the back straightaway. Christopher Bell emerges from the pack. Christopher Bell's blowing them all away as he makes his way for the final time out of four. One year ago at Martinsville Speedway, he had to win and he did it. Today at the Homestead Miami Speedway, he needed to win and he's done it. As he comes across the line, Christopher Bell has scored the win in the Forever 400 presented by Mobile One. Steve, this was my walk-off. I knew whenever I left, I knew before we went into Las Vegas I was going to have to win to make it. Uh, And then I thought at Vegas that was my chance. We got it here in Miami. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we had a fantastic weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. We are getting ready to go to Martinsville this weekend. The round of eight will conclude this weekend at Martinsville for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Cup Series. On today's show, we're going to relive a wild race at Homestead and we'll do it with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. I'm going to sit down with your Homestead truck winner, Carson Hosovar with that win that put him into the championship for race at Phoenix. Also, Sam Mayer is going to stop by. Jason Toy will visit with Sam as his run at Homestead resulted in a win, and he too has made himself into the championship race in Phoenix. Ross Chastain's hail melon move at Martinsville went viral last year. He'll stop by for an in-depth conversation about what went through his mind leading up to that very moment and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest of NASCAR headlines. Kyle, what do you have for us this week? Mike, over the weekend, Zane Smith's number 38 truck was disqualified after the conclusion of Saturday's race for violating NASCAR's windshield support rule. Smith initially finished second to Carson Hosevar. Despite the runner-up finish, he failed to earn one of the four spots vying for the championship at Phoenix Raceway. The adjustment of the finishing order and driver points did not alter the final four. The deadline has passed and Front Row Motorsports did not appeal NASCAR's decision. Silly season, Dom 
dominoes continue to fall in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series as Tricon Garage has announced the return of Dean Thompson. The 21-year-old, who set career highs in both top fives and top tens this season, will be back behind the wheel of the number five Toyota Tundra TRD Pro in 2024. And the first championship in NASCAR's national ranks has been claimed. Chevrolet has clinched the 2023 NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series manufacturer's title. This season, Chevrolet has claimed 13 wins over the first 22 races. It's the 11th time in series history that the manufacturer has accomplished this feat. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll relive an eventful Sunday afternoon at Homestead Miami Speedway with another NASCAR Live Backtracks. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. On Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series provided another afternoon filled with highs and lows at Homestead Miami Speedway. With the trip to the championship four on the line, numerous playoff contenders faced adversity during the 400-mile race. So let's relive it all. All the twists and the turns from the Forever 400 presented by Mobile One with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. Mr. 305, Pitbull, driving the pace car, takes it to pit lane. NASCAR Vice Chairman Mike Helton on top of the flag stand, puts the green flag in the air, and we are racing NASCAR Cup Series style at Homestead. William Byron in the Chevrolet has caught Martin Truex Jr. He'll pull to the inside. They'll race wheel to wheel off the end of the back straightaway. Byron going to run the bottom of the racetrack. Truex letting it fly on the outside. Martin has led 10 of the 19 laps. Question is... Will he lead this lap? And the answer is no. William Byron will. He'll lead lap number 20, but Truex still there. Brad Keselowski married to that wall as Larson's trying to take the top spot for the first time. Chevrolet Ford battle off turn four. Advantage to the Chevrolet Camaro. Kyle Larson takes the race lead away, but here comes Brad Keselowski again. He's not going to be able to pull even again. And Kyle Larson will hang on to the top of the leaderboard with 26 laps to go in stage number one. That's Trouble back straightaway. One car gets turned. Turned around, and it will be Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He'll break loose halfway down the back. Straight away, he'll spin it. Matter of fact, do a couple of 360s to the bottom. He does not hit the inside retaining wall, but he has coasted to a halt three quarters of a way down the back stretch. That'll put us under the caution flag for the first time today and effectively will end stage number one. Kyle Larson with the stage win over Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, and Martin Truex Jr. And by the way, this does end officially under the caution flag. Sixth across the line, Denny Hamlin. Seventh, Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon, eighth. Christopher Bell, ninth. And Ty Gibbs, tenth. The day started so good. Good practice, good qualifying session yesterday. Started on the outside of the front row. And this race started with Bubba and Martin Truex Jr. Just side by side, seesawing their way for the lead. And then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. And Bubba Wallace has faded dramatically. That purple and black Toyota Camry fighting for everything they can get. 
And what a day that has turned out to start so good has gone south in a hurry for Bubba Wallace and 23-11 racer. Kyle Larson just trying to keep it off the lap car of Suarez, who's going to unlap himself side-by-side side for the race lead at Homestead. It's Ryan Blaney going to the point in lap traffic. Daniel Suarez back to the lead lap. Ryan Blaney to the lead as Kyle Larson hanging on by his fingernail. Sideways again in two, but he's not done. He's coming after Blaney. Blaney, though, will cut him off. Ryan Blaney will slide across the nose of Larson. He'll grab the lead. Larson a lap ago. The car was twitching back and forth. Almost like he had a problem. But that car is not the same car he had earlier. Green and white checkered flag is out from the right hand of Shannon Bednarik, our chief starter. And stage number two is in the books. Top ten get points. Ryan Blaney wins the stage. William Byron will be second. Kyle Larson fades to third. Denny Hamlin fourth. Brad Keselowski fifth. Martin Trex Jr. was sixth. And Tyler Reddick seventh. Ty Gibbs eighth. Austin Dillon ninth. And Joey Logano 10. Here comes Ryan Blaney. Here comes Kyle Larson. The call just went out. Pit now, pit now. Back up. And Kyle Larson slides. He hits the barrier to the driver's right. Sand flying everywhere. It's going to be a hard hit for Kyle Larson. This one could put the wraps on the afternoon for him. And that will put us under the caution flag. A big hit by Kyle Larson as he was coming down pit road. He hit the blunt end of the pit wall, protected by the sand barriers. Pace car hits the pit lane into the Geico restart zone. They go, and Shannon Bednarik puts the green flag in the air. Racing yet again. 46 laps to go at Homestead. Ryan Blaney will drag race Denny Hamlin to turn one. He comes out of two. Total shade around the racetrack, and they're crashing in the back of the pack. Chastain is around. John Hunter Nemechek. J.J. Yaley are the three cars involved. Nemechek and Yaley spin to the bottom of the back straightaway. Ross Chastain has damage on his left front. Sparks flying from that car. Three cars collected on this restart on the back straightaway. And that will put us immediately back under the caution flag. Green flag goes back in the air. Blaney gets a great restart. He'll stay with him stride for stride. Side by side and nose to nose into the banking of turn number one. Denny Hamlin down low. Here comes Seabell again looking three wide to the outside. He's not getting away on this restart. Ryan Blaney will challenge him. Christopher Bell wants three wide. He'll get three wide. Blaney at the top. Hamlin's going to crowd him. Here comes Christopher Bell for the lead to the inside. What a move by Christopher Bell from third to first going through three and four. Joey thought about three deep. He's right. Oh, into the fence now. finish. Denny Hamlin makes his way out. You had a great car, good run. What happened? Uh, something broke in the front end. Uh, not really sure. It was something in the steering, certainly. Uh, that's all I know. I, I'm not sure. What about the pressure going back to a place you love in Martinsville next week? I try to win it like I try to win every week. I, I don't really, I'm not going to approach any difference. Just try to win. Denny
Jeremy Hamlin making his way out. Slide job by Bell. We'll get in the lead. Halfway down the back straightaway. Byron's there right on his back bumper. Here's Byron. He'll angle in higher on the racetrack while Bell will take the middle lane. As they come rumbling back off of turn number four, new leader, lap 253. It is Christopher Bell with only 14 laps to go. Here he comes out of turn number two, halfway down the back straightaway. Christopher Bell emerges from the pack. Christopher Bell's blowing him all away as he makes his way for the final time out of four. One year ago at Martinsville Speedway, he had to win and he did it. Today at the Homestead Miami Speedway, he needed to win and he's done it. As he comes across the line, Christopher Bell has scored the win in the Forever 400 presented by Mobile One. Finally, you had to go to Martinsville and do a walk-off. Next week, you go to Martinsville knowing you're in the playoffs. What does that mean for you? Now you have two weeks and you're racing for a championship in that two weeks. Steve, this was my walk-off. I knew whenever I left, I knew before we went into Las Vegas I was going to have to win to make it. Uh, And then I thought at Vegas that was my chance. We got it here in Miami. Coming up, we'll visit with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Homestead winner, Carson Hosovar. Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. He's here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It was a busy weekend over the weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, the Cup Series had a triple event weekend. Let's focus in on the trucks. Trucks got us started Saturday, and that was the final elimination race of the 2023 playoffs. And at the end of the day, it was Carson Hosovar that took the checkered flag and getting a berth into the championship for at Phoenix coming up one week from Friday. Let's go to the hotline and bring Carson in now. Carson, welcome into NASCAR Live. Congratulations on the big win over the weekend at Homestead. Thank you. I appreciate it. it was, uh, you don't get those trucks very often that are just that fast and enjoyable to drive. Um, it was a really good weekend for us, especially about the perfect time to, to go to Phoenix Race for Championship and um, you know, have your competitors when you, when you see them, um, they, you know you're going to fight for a championship. They, they're like, man, you're super fast. It's like, that's, that's a good thing that we got them you know, kind of scratching their head a little bit or um, you know, already used to seeing that 42 off front. It's good to have a lot of speed going in to race for a championship. If there were any deficiencies in that race truck, we couldn't tell them from our perspective. What about from your perspective? It seemed like your truck was pretty solid all day from green to checkers. It was. Uh, we were really, really fast, uh, especially on the long run. Um, just kind of could go anywhere. Our truck was super versatile. Um, Bill Gould is so good at everything he does. So the fact we can... Um, be able to do that and show the speed and strength of our truck was something super to be proud, really to be proud of. And um, we we struggled early uh, in the day just because we had a piece of paper get on the grill, so then we got behind, um, just trying to get that off and trying to manage temps, and then had a rough pit stop. So 
felt like we could have controlled the race for a long time and um but just kind of had to fight some adversity a little bit and uh, obviously there were some altering strategies that kind of uh we had to catch up but you know a fast truck um you know fixes a lot of bad luck and we were able to do that and achieve that I'm sure you were very well aware of the situation you were in going into that race Saturday, but when did that when did that become front of mind there towards the end of that race when 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 it dawned on you that you know if I win this race I am in the championship and points are no longer a part of the conversation. When did that happen Saturday? Uh, I mean it dawned on us uh in practice honestly we we felt like we were the fastest car had a lot a lot a lot of longer speed, just a lot of speed in general. Um, qualifying the front row, we had a shot to win the pole. Um, made a mistake on lane choice that kind of cost us a shot in the pole, but we knew we could have a shot to, to win the race. But it, you know, we were only 10 points back of, of Corey. So, you know, if we could win somehow both stages and, um, you know, win the race, we could potentially still take the points lead and be the one seed getting in. Um, but with the, Sort of adversity, we had to fight a little bit through the stages. Uh, you know, we weren't able to capitalize on, on our speed. But luckily, Homestead's a, a very low grip racetrack. A lot of times, you know, things get spread out very wide on restarts. That it's not uh, not a draft wide open track. You know, not very close. You know, you're able to throw slide jobs even. You know, kind of go run the top, go on the bottom. So you can kind of spread out. Um, so there wasn't a lot of risk versus reward. Uh, per se, and our truck was thankfully super fast. I can kind of go anywhere and go where they weren't, per se, and have a shot to win the race. And um, yeah, We kind of knew that going into the race that we were going to have a shot, but throughout the race, you know, when we, we would be able to bounce back, we knew we had something that we could fight with, and we just needed to make sure we took advantage of it because um, it would be, it'd be hard to go fight for a championship knowing you had a truck that good and and not able to capitalize and, and win going into it. So now, by winning that race, you're part of the championship four at Phoenix for the for the title race. You join Corey Heim, Grant Enfinger, and Ben Rhodes as the four that'll run for the title. Walk us through Phoenix Raceway from your perspective. What kind of track is that for you? Does this play into the Nice Motorsports wheelhouse when you run for the title there a week from Friday? Uh, I hope so. Um, I mean, we're taking a... We've been fast on the short tracks, um, sort of flat tracks. You know, we're taking the same truck. It's ran three races. Uh, it won Nashville, it won Richmond, and it ran second at Milwaukee and arguably would have won Milwaukee if they didn't get uh, – the guys behind me didn't get 15 lap newer tires or 10 lap newer tires or whatever with the strategy. We ended up staying out thinking it wasn't the right time to pit and uh, there wasn't a really a yellow after and – we had to hold them off and still only ran second. So uh, our truck is, has a good shot, and our, our motor um, that we're bringing is, I think, one, two of the three races we ran too. So well, we have a lot in, in our back pocket, or a really heavy uh, heavy bullet, per se, in, in the chamber that I think we have proven we can win with. And, you know, Phoenix we've worked on since before the playoffs, really. You know, I've worked on it since – Last year leaving Phoenix, but at the same time, you know, we've worked in the sim um, since, since the playoffs have started. You know, we just run laps at Phoenix and almost burn ourselves out a little bit that we can almost, you know, just real fine-tune and, um, 
you know, be, be ahead of the game and, and almost reach reach terminal velocity um, you know, a week before Phoenix. That way we could just get all the details right on the truck and not having to change anything in the setup. What is this like for you? Because when you run for the title, you're going to do it, obviously, with Nice Motorsports, but you're going to leave the team at the end of the year and you're going cup racing with Spire Motorsports. What's that weekend going to be like when you basically have one race left with the guys that have helped get you there? I'm still going to race for, for Nice um, next year for sure. I know that. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely going to be a little bit, um, I don't know, sad that I you know, I can't go work with the guys I've worked with for three years next year, right? But at the same time, I, I still am going to have a shot to do that. Um, you know, we're still going to go race for trophies. We're going to still go um, try to get trophies on the shelves. We're just not going to race for a championship together next year so that's going to be the biggest thing is i think we're all all very motivated knowing that uh you know per se this is our our last shot as a as a band to to go out on top uh of what we've done and what we've um strived to achieve the last three years you know it's been three years of hard work and working together that we get one more shot to to get a championship trophy on the shelf and then we get to go play for the next few years of just getting uh getting the, the other trophies and the cool trophies and uh, the fun racetracks that we missed along the way. And I'm sure you will maximize that opportunity. It'll be the Craftsman 150, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Championship Race. One week from Friday, you can hear it right here on the Motor Racing Network, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Appreciate you joining us. Again, congratulations on your successes at Homestead. Enjoy the off weekend this weekend. We'll see you at Phoenix the weekend after. Sounds great. Thanks so much. That's Carson Hosevar, your Homestead winner. When we come back, Jason Toy will visit with Sam Mayer, your Homestead Xfinity Series winner as NASCAR Live continues. The NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. This past weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway, it was the second race of the round of eight for the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and it ended with Sam Mayer of Junior Motorsports taking the checkered flag. That win moved Sam into the championship for at Phoenix. How will he approach the next couple of weeks leading up to his shot at the title? He joined Jason Toy to break it all down. This is for all the marbles here in South Florida this afternoon. Halfway down the back straightaway, half a lap to go. It is down to one car length. Here comes Riley Herbst. He's going to look. He's going to drive deep. He's almost there in turn four. Off turn number four, Sam Mayer trying to punch his ticket to be a championship four contender. Checkered flag in the air. Here comes Riley Herbst. Last ditch effort. It's not enough. Sam Mayer wins the Contender Boats 300 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Joining us now is a man 
man that uh, will be running for a championship in Phoenix here in just a couple of weeks. Picked up the big win at the Homestead Miami Speedway in the NASCAR Xfinity Series back on Saturday, and that is Sam Mayer. Sam, congratulations on that victory. And, you know, that was that was a pretty tough race in there. There was a lot of challenges for a lot of different drivers in that race at Homestead. First, you had to contend with the track, and then you had aggressive drivers that were trying to work their way to run for a championship. I know you were very pleased with it. You and I talked in the in the post-race there in victory lane, and yeah, I saw that big old smile on your face, and judging now, you still got that smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. We uh, we had a really good race car. Accelerate Camaro had a lot of speed. It's had a lot of speed for the last couple of weeks, and uh, we finally got that oval win, which I've been looking for for a long time. So finally getting that at a, such a special place like Homestead, like, uh, I've just become a huge fan of that place over the last couple of years, watching racing there and racing there last year and seeing Noah dominate there. I, I wanted to go out there and do the same thing in the same equipment. So getting it done uh, feels really good. It was it was a tough race, but it was a lot of fun. Let's talk about that track. And you echo a lot of what other drivers say. Is this the I want to say not the best track, but is this the the most fun track for a driver that we have on the circuit now? Yeah, I think it's it's even more than just the track. Like even just going going down there and getting off the airplane and getting like to the track, the vibes are just up. Like you just get pumped up going down there. We only go there once a year, and uh, the vibes are always just up every time we go there. And then winning on top of that makes everything better. So uh, it's probably one of my favorite racetracks between that and uh, Auto Club out in California. Those are probably my top two. All right, before we talk about moving on to run for a championship, you talked, you touched on a little bit. You got that first oval win. You dominated the road courses this year with picking up three wins prior to this one. So now you got that oval win behind you, kind of completing the resume a little bit. You still got a short track to go for, but you've all you've won there in the past in the truck and the ARCA cars too there at Bristol. So how big was this to get that oval victory? Yeah, it was huge. I mean, getting that first win off your chest in general, uh, no matter what it is, is is always huge. And being able to back it up with two more road course wins, like you, you feel pretty pumped up and you're excited about it. Uh, but the only other roadblock is getting it on oval because NASCAR is about circle track racing and uh, you want to be able to do everything in the, in the sport. Uh, and finally being able to get that oval win is a huge it's almost like another relief it all it almost feels like your first win again um obviously this one was probably the biggest of my career so far locking me into the championship four um and it couldn't have come at a better place let's talk about the race back on saturday and you and i touched on this in the in the post race i had your your pit stall throughout the race your pit crew was on it it seemed like every single pit stop great calls on that side of things but the racing was pretty intense your teammate justin allgaier looked good had some issues you had the boss out there with you too you know there's that challenge we talk about with the track but you had a lot of hungry drivers out there take us through the afternoon on how that race progressed for you yeah i mean first off huge hats off to the pit crew because they uh they kicked tail all day like this was probably the best day we've had and uh we ended up capitalizing on it and getting victory lane so it's really cool to be able to put a full race together put the whole puzzle together and and get it done but yeah, we were we started 13th. We we did not qualify very well. I, I made some mistakes in qualifying. The car wasn't exactly what we wanted it to be, um, but we persevered through that. We did a lot of uh, digging, and I worked out really hard uh, Friday night to get ready for Saturday to be better. And we fired off green flag, and we were in the top 10 before we knew it. So it was really cool to be able to get that going and and have that momentum just keep building up throughout the race because. We uh, got up to second, I think, in stage one, and we just hung around there all day. And 
the double zero was really fast. Uh, we were both as fast as Xfinity 10G, but uh, we ran a better race. We we uh, put all the pieces together and, and uh, ran the wall just exactly right. All right, so this week, you go to Martinsville. You're running for a race win. You don't have to worry about running for a championship in two weeks at, at, at uh, Phoenix Raceway. So how much of a... How much weight comes off your shoulders knowing you can go to Martinsville this weekend and just go for the grandfather clock? Yeah, you know, that's that's literally everything. Uh, being able to focus two full weeks uh, just on Phoenix is 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 really nice. There's, there's no bad things that come out of locking yourself in early. And uh, I was at the simulator this morning and we put a couple hours into Phoenix alone. So we're already working really hard on it. Obviously, Martinsville. We're going to take a little pit stop there and go try to win a grandfather clock. But our eyes are on Phoenix, like you said, and um, it makes it really easy this week. And all we have to do is flip stages if the opportunity presents itself and go for that checkered flag and get that grandfather clock. Because I've had a lot of good runs up Martinsville, but I have not won there yet. So I really want to get that win there and uh, get that extra trophy. And looking ahead to Phoenix, and you talk about the simulator time there for you. What do you like about the track? I know you got a lot of track time there, so you know how it is, but you'll be running for a championship this time. Yeah, there's there's that extra pressure on it for sure, and this is the time to perform. So we're going to put a lot of work, a lot of hours into it and make, make it the best race we can. I have not really performed the best at Phoenix in the past. I admit that. Um, it was not a lack of effort, but... We, uh, we work really hard to, to make it happen, and I think that if we can go out there and do it right, uh, we, can, we can have a shot at the championship. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, Ross Chastain chats with Chris Wilner as he provides an in-depth breakdown of what exactly went through his mind leading up to his iconic Hail Melon move at Martinsville one year ago. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. One year ago, Ross Chastain entered the final laps at Martinsville in a dire point situation. With a spot in the championship four on the line, he did something the world of racing will never forget. He sat down with our Chris Wilner to provide an in-depth breakdown of how and why that moment came to be. Chastain did a video game move, drove it and never lifted, put it against the safer barrier in turn three, never lifted all the way around the turn, and Ross Chastain. seen a move like that on that final lap when was the decision made before entering turn three when did it go through your head like okay i'm gonna pull the trigger off turn four right as i touched throttle was in third gear and could just see the white flag at the same time my spotter brandon mcreynolds keys up and says something along the lines of white flag need two spots or something off turn four white flag is in the air And it wasn't ever a question. Really, all the way from turn four, turn two, it definitely wasn't. And I didn't go through, like, 
pros and cons. I just had no cons. I had no negatives. And every time I would ask why, 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 what do you have to lose? Like, just, and then, okay, well, why not? Okay. Still, nothing was coming to my mind. And probably I only had those... 12-ish seconds maybe from turn four to the point of no return into turn three on the next lap. So you're going through this experience. When, if, during that experience, did you realize it was working or was it till after you crossed the start-finish line? I was in the wall for a little bit. I was still driving the car. I mean, I had my hands on the wheel. I'm steering it, and I thought, let go. You're not doing anything. Vision is gone. The blurriness, it's just blur. So I let go. Well, my hands get pinned from 10 and 2 basically to both of them are to the right and down so the right one is over by the drive shaft tunnel behind the shifter and then my left one's just laid across my lap and at that moment I lost the thought of control when I had a hold of the wheel I still had control in my mind even though I didn't I've never let go like that and stayed on the gas I've been on the brake sliding no I'm going to hit a wall let go of the wheel I don't want to break a thumb or a wrist so that was a really bad feeling and then the left front of the car felt like it was going to come up and I was going to flip over and I thought I'm going to hit the fence with the roof this is going to be really bad and right about that time I saw the sun get really bright and I remembered that the sun had been setting off turn four just outside on the turn four side of the grandstands there's that road that comes down to the gate and I thought all right turn four we're almost there got to be over soon Then I felt a big extra compression, which was going from the continuous curve to the straightaway where it straightens out. And it felt even harder vibration and threw me into the seat, just squished me more. And at that moment, I was like, all right, get ready. And I pulled my hands up. I still can't see. Yeah. Wow. And I get my hands on the wheel right as it goes straight. And the first thing I'm I'm waiting on my vision, like I'm perfectly aware. I just can't see from the vibration. And I look left because something's there. And I look over. It's really loud. It's an exhaust. And it's a number 11. And then I felt, as I'm looking at it, I felt something. I look up, and I'm running in the back of Brad, and we go across the line. So, And then initial reactions, getting out of the car. Obviously, we saw Justin, and, and everyone's just complete shock, but also elation. When did the moment of what you just did sink in? Really, I was still in the car. I knew right away. When I saw the 11, I knew we did it. But I needed that confirmation, just like I needed the lap before confirmation that we were out. I need a confirmation now that we're in. Like I, my mind's telling me, but I need someone else to tell me. And my crew chief just starts going crazy. Talk to me, boys. You made the transfer. You made the transfer, man. That was f***ing ridiculous, dude. That was wild, man. That was wild. Holy cow. Oh my God. Brandon was so calm the whole time. He's on the roof. He is so calm. And then me and Phil, we're just going crazy. And actually on the onboard down the backstretch, you can hear me screaming inside the car over the sound of the motor. Suspension's broken. I have no brakes. And um, pit crew members were walking out and crew members were walking out onto pit road and giving me high like thumbs up, high fives, cheering for me, like clapping. I could hear the sound of the fans. And then um, seeing Ty Norris, David Erickson, Ty's going crazy. And David has given me like the down motion like with his palms flat to the ground like up and down like calm down like don't do anything and I'm like didn't really get it he didn't see what happened he thought I crashed everybody and that's how I did it he couldn't see it from where he was at so he's just like all right damage control here like calm be calm 
and then he saw the video and he was jumping up and down so um yeah that was um then i I did i did wait a few minutes to make sure nascar wasn't going to penalize me once um i looked at one of the officials and i said are they talking about anything on the radio and he said no sir all good here and i thought all right they're not going to penalize us We've done it. We made it. I'm in shock just because I didn't think something like that was. I didn't think something like that was 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 possible. I, I don't. I, I'm at a loss for words for the type of competitive psychology it takes to make a decision like that. But I'm in awe of it. Thank you, Chris. Coming up, we'll do a deep dive on what the points situations look like for the NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series drivers ahead of their final opportunity at Martinsville Speedway. Who has the best shot to secure a spot on the championship for Phoenix? We'll break it all down next. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Back on NASCAR Live. It all comes down to this, my friends. This weekend's Xfinity 500 race weekend at Martinsville Speedway. It'll be the final opportunity for NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series playoff contenders to punch their ticket to the championship for next week in Phoenix. Who has the best shot at doing so? Our Kyle Ricky is here to preview this weekend's round of eight finale at Martinsville. We have reached the final weekend of October in Martinsville. That means only one race stands between the remaining playoff drivers in both the Xfinity and Cup Series and a berth in the Championship 4 at Phoenix. Since the race became a cutoff race for the round of eight just a few years ago, the drama that Martinsville has been known to produce has ratcheted up a few notches. Just ask Denny Hamlin and Brandon Jones. One year ago, both were on the verge of advancing to Phoenix, only to have their championship chances snatched from their grasp. This year, similar excitement could also be on tap with intriguing bubble battles shaping up in both series. First, let's look at the Cup Series. Following wins the past two weekends, Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell will have stress-free weekends in Virginia, knowing that whatever happens in the Xfinity 500, they'll still have a chance to hoist the Bill France Cup in Phoenix. That leaves six drivers vying for two spots. The driver who is in the best position to advance on points is William Byron. Byron will enter Sunday 30 points above the cut line. That advantage could become even bigger if he scores stage points. Scoring those points starts with having good track position from a good qualifying run, something that Byron knows his team is more than capable of. As unimportant as it might be at Homestead, it's going to be very important at Martinsville. So not only for pit selection, but obviously the track position being what it is there and how how important that is. So we'll put focus into it. We already we already did go in there in the spring. Uh, we already put a lot of emphasis on trying to qualify well there. And I think we qualified seventh. So we're, we know what, what we need to do there. You know, it's a tough place to get grip and try to maximize everything there. But yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're capable and I've done so much short track racing over the last couple of years that I really understand what the the car needs to feel like and, you know, how to qualify well. So I don't I don't really worry about that. It's just trying to put it all together uh, for two laps, which is which is nice. You have two laps to do it there instead of one. Behind Byron and squarely on the bubble is Ryan Blaney. Blaney is still looking for his first championship four appearance and to get that berth, he'll need another great run at what has become one of his favorite racetracks. Blaney has finished in the top 10 in the three races that have taken place at Martinsville with the next-gen race car. Blaney's points advantage over fifth is 10 over Tyler Reddick. 
Reddick is also looking for his first championship four appearance. To advance, he'll need to improve on his Cup Series performance at Martinsville. In seven starts at the paperclip, Reddick has only one top 10 finish. If Reddick or Blaney want to break through and race for a championship for the first time, they'll have to hold off two of the best at Martinsville. Kenny Hamlin off turn number four. Kozlowski gets into him. Hamlin saves it, and across the line comes Denny Hamlin. He will win this afternoon for the fifth time in his career at the Martinsville Speedway. How about the new Mr. Short Track? Martin Truex Jr. off four, final time. Checkered flag is out, and he has just scored his 29th career win. It happens here at Martinsville. Three out of the last four races have gone to Martinsville. Martin Truex Jr. In a flash on Sunday at Homestead, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. went from having great chances to advance to Phoenix yet again to having to fight for their playoff lives this weekend. Truex and Hamlin both have 17-point disadvantages that they need to make up on Blaney, but a six-Martinsville win for Hamlin or a fourth for Truex could make the point situation obsolete. At the bottom of the playoff grid is Chris Busher who trails Blaney by 43 points, meaning he is in a virtual must-win situation if he wants to continue his dream season. Sam Mayer trying to punch his ticket to be a championship four contender. Checkered flag in the air. Here comes Riley Herbs. Last-ditch effort. It's not enough. Sam Mayer wins the Contender Boats 300 at Homestead Miami Speedway. On the Xfinity Series side, only one driver can breathe easy this weekend. That driver is Sam Mayer. The 20-year-old's fourth win in the last 12 races secured what looked like at some points during the season a long-shot championship for berth. That leaves seven drivers in the running for three spots. And just like the Cup Series, there is one driver who needs just to score stage points and stay out of trouble to advance. That driver is John Hunter Nemechek. The Joe Gibbs Racing driver holds a 44-point advantage above the cut line. Below Nemechek are three drivers bunched right together. Austin Hill wins a thrilling Explore the Pocono Mountains 225 at the Pocono Raceway. Cole Custer, your winner at Portland International Raceway. For the first time in his career, Justin Allgaier wins at the World Center of Racing. At one point or another during 2023, Cole Custer, Justin Allgaier, and regular season champion Austin Hill all look like favorites to win the title. Thanks to Mayer and struggles for Allgaier and Custer at Homestead, it seems unlikely that all three will advance to Phoenix. Entering Martinsville, Custer and Hill are in, and both holding a three-point advantage over Allgaier, an advantage that could evaporate in an instant. Below the battle are three young drivers who likely need to win to get to Phoenix. Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith, and Sheldon Creed are all out by over 40 points. Getting a walk-off win at Martinsville is far from impossible, though. Christopher Bell did just that in the Cup Series last year. And Bell says there are even advantages to entering this race with your back against the wall. There is a slight advantage in strategy and stuff like that because you don't have to worry about stages. You don't have to worry about anything except positioning your car to win the race. You go to a Martinsville where there's not a lot of tire deg 
and the yellow comes out with 10 to go on the stage. Well, it, it gives you the opportunity to flip the stage, pit before and give up the stage points and, and restart in the front. So, um, you know, being in that position has, you know, some slight advantages for sure. So will anyone set up in a similar situation to what Bell and Ross Chastain had to do last year? MRN will have full coverage of Saturday's Dead on Tools 250 and Sunday's Xfinity 500 as the championship four in both the Cup and Xfinity series will be solidified. That playoff preview is brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up. We'll flash back to the 1992 Haynes 500 from Martinsville. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Before we head for the exits, let's head into the MRN time machine. And we dial up April 26th, 1992, and the Haynes 500 at the Martinsville Speedway. Trying to get back on the lead lap and hope for a miracle here this afternoon. The second place car is Sterling Marlin. There are only two cars on the lead lap as they're winding down here at Martinsville this afternoon. And Joe Moore, Sterling is losing even more ground. Yeah, he's really working hard to try to handle the car in the turns. It seems like it's just kind of moving all over the racetrack for him. He's dealing now with the Dick Trickle car going down the back straightaway. Trickle about to overlap the Sterling Marlin car. Marlin goes wide now. Dave Marcus directly ahead. His car won't hook up on the outside lane. And finally, getting on the front straightaway, he's able to pull even with Dave Marcus and take that outside lane to go by. Trickle will follow the second-place car in turn two. Mark Martin is in turn number four now, coming out of the corner, back to the stripe. This is his 181st career start, looking for career win number six. If it all holds together, they're back in turn two. Darrell Waltham trying his best to get down to the inside lane. He knows that's the only chance he would have to get by Mark Martin and try to get back on the lead lap. We've got trouble up in turn four. Rick Mast spins around in front of a heavy pack of cars. Waltrip will make a stab at getting back in the lead lap. Here comes Darrell Waltrip trying to make a move to the inside. He will not do it. He'll miss by inches. Well, Darrell gave it a good shot coming out of the corner as Rick Mast spun right in the middle of turns three and four. The car was sitting there. Caution is on the speedway, but it will not help Darrell Waltrip, but it came within about a foot or so of getting Darrell back on the lead lap and a shot to win this race. 494 are on the scoreboard right now in the Haynes 500 here this afternoon in a race that has had a little bit of everything. Now, I guess everybody's going to stay out there, Jim Phillips. Certainly you're not going to see anybody ducking on the pit road right now, at least the top two, that's for sure. Mark Martin will stay on the racetrack. There's no need. He's running at good speed right now, and uh, the only car to challenge is uh, Darrell Walter to get his lap back, so uh, no, no pitting this time. One to go is the indication from Doyle Ford, so there'll be four laps of racing. When Rick Mast spun, he made no contact with others, no major problems. The track is clear in turn four. So when the field comes back to the stripe this time, they'll post lap 496 with Mark Martin and Sterling Marlin, the only two cars on the lead lap to settle it among themselves. Well, the win he had in Atlanta last year, the only win that Mark Martin had, he had to go all season long before he finally got exactly into victory right. lane. He certainly wants to change that here today and get into victory lane early. Pace car pulling out of turn number four, heading behind the pit wall. Mark Martin will set sail. Sterling Marlin is right behind him. But Mark, as soon as they drop the green, will pull three, four car lengths away before they hit turn one. Plus, Mark gets the extra help of Darrell Waltrip sitting in between himself and Sterling Marlin. Marlin works to the outside, tries to squeeze by Waltrip. He can't quite make it happen. Martin gets even further away. On the start, there was also smoke billowing from behind the Sitco Ford for Morgan Shepard. 
separate. He continues on the racetrack as Martin pulls away with three laps to go. He's got a comfortable lead and pulling away even further from Marlon. Five car length lead now for Mark Martin taking it off turn number two. Sterling Marlin still dealing with Darrell Walter trying to clear that car. Martin plenty of clear sailing up into turn three. Mark Martin with about 10 or 12 car lengths ahead of Sterling Marlin right now. Works it across the start finish line and back into turn number one and Darrell Walter apparently for the moment has realized he's not going to get his lap back. He might as well just hold what he has and uh, kind of try to finish this race. Out of turn number two and heading down the back chute. Mark Martin looking for a victory here this afternoon. Sterling Marlin still about eight, ten car lengths behind as they work back down to the start finish line and head off into turn number one in front of Joe Moore. White flag for him. Mark Martin all alone once again. No pressure this time. Back into turn number one. Sterling Marlin some five or six car lengths back for the final time onto this 800-foot back straightaway. Mark Martin looks like to be on his way to a win. It will be career win number six for the driver of car number six and for Ford. An even dozen wins in a row dating to October 91. Mark Martin wins the Haynes 500. You can catch that race in its entirety at MRN.com under the MRN Classic Races tab or on any of your preferred podcast platforms. I'd like to thank Carson Hosevar for joining the show today. Also, our thanks to Sam Mayer and Ross Chastain for being a part of the broadcast. I'm Mike Bagley, and for the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. We're headed off to Martinsville Speedway this weekend for a jam-packed weekend of racing. We hope you're there to join us. If not, you can catch it all right here on the Motor Racing Network. Until we speak again, my friends, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downey, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.